Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I am glad that you're here. I'm excited for another episode of the Homecoming Podcast and excited about our journey home to ourselves. And today we have such a special topic, and it is how to interrupt unhealthy attention-seeking. How to interrupt unhealthy attention-seeking. And the reality is, as human beings, we all desire to be known, to be seen, to be heard to be understood, to be validated, to be accepted, to be celebrated. And that is a a normal, a healthy desire, you know, that we desire connection and community. Uh, We desire to have a sense of belonging. And uh, when we have had experiences that were disruptive early on, it can turn on an unhealthy uh, need for constant attention. And this can emerge from two different, primarily two different uh, vantage points or starting points. Uh, For some of us, it may be that you experience uh, neglect, emotional neglect, or even physical and material neglect. Uh, You may have experienced abandonment, uh, rejection, uh, being treated like you were invisible or like you were worthless. And so that can plant a seed to constantly need uh, to be assured that people see you and hear you, uh, even to the point of engaging in some unhealthy characteristics, habits, patterns, and strategies uh, that in a lot of ways, your broken heart can be screaming, do you see me, right? Do I count? Do I matter? Is anyone paying attention that I'm here? And uh, the overcompensating as a result of those early experiences of being ignored and rejected can cause us to engage in some unhealthy uh, strategies where we may feel like in and of ourselves, we are not enough. So for many of us, I want to even say for all of us, there are moments in time where we did things for attention that we regret or that we are embarrassed about. And uh, whether that was feeling like you had to constantly out-talk people, constantly had to entertain or be the jokester, uh, constantly had to uh, engage people in the drama of your life to keep the attention focused on you, whether it was that you had to give people your money or a place to stay or sex in order to feel chosen or attended to, 
uh, feeling like you had to dress a certain way um, or speak a certain way uh, in order to take up the air in the room. I want you to know that, that I see you and that I am aware of us in this space and that as opposed to some people who talk about attention seeking from a very judgmental and harsh place, I want you to know I enter this conversation from a place of compassion, from a place of understanding, of grace, and uh, a deep desire that we would all be whole and recognize that we are enough, that we uh, don't have to put on the extra in order to be attended to. Uh, but my hope is that uh, internally and externally, socially, your life will be set up in such a way where you can settle your spirit and not have to try to outshine or outtalk uh, or impress in order to gain validation, approval, acceptance, belonging, attention. So some people come to this place of attention seeking from uh, a childhood of neglect and abandonment and rejection, actually whether in childhood or in early adulthood, kind of seeing these patterns of being picked over and that you had to, you know, put on in some ways uh, this armor uh, to make yourself uh, worthy of other people's attention or acceptance, no matter how fleeting it was. And then there are others of us who may come to this space of constantly needing that attention um, as a result of having actually been the favored one uh, as you were growing up and in your early adulthood that sometimes we uh, can be raised in such a way that everything was centered around you and that um, the adults uh, kind of lifted you up over everyone else, whether it was because of who your parent was or your uh, looks and physical attributes or your gifts or skills in a particular area. Um, or just because you were the child they always wanted and they hoped and prayed and waited for you. And so uh, this notion of being kind of the golden child uh, can sometimes be a setup to not really have practice with humility, with perspective taking, with compassion, uh, with an ability uh, to not center yourself. And so I invite you to consider the times in your life that you have engaged in some unhealthy habits, actions, behaviors in order to get people to pay attention to you and to begin to think about what some of the roots um, of those behaviors may be of what got you in that place that some of us would call being so thirsty or being so hungry, of needing uh, that constant gaze, uh, needing to uh, feel like you are better than or the center of 
um, that you are esteemed more than others. And to also think about uh, how you feel when other people are getting attention, how you feel when other people are being celebrated, and your capacity to really be able to hear, love, attend to, give to, give space for others, right? Because when we have this um, unhealthy attention-seeking, it can be destructive for us psychologically if in the aftermath of that, you might feel some shame or embarrassment or uh, constantly feeling inadequate, right? That I cannot stop this performance of a self, this false self I'm engaged in uh, because it is the only way to get people to like me, right? Or to pay attention to me. So psychologically, it can be harmful, um, but it also can create a lot of difficulty in your relationships. So in family life, in friendship, in romantic relationships, in the workplace, when someone constantly has to be the center, it often means that they are ignoring or dominating or erasing um, or even manipulating other people, which is a very unhealthy way of engaging with the world. So I want to uh, give you some pointers as we think about uh, shifting out of this pattern. And of course, to shift out of it, we have to first recognize uh, when we do it, right? So you want to start to observe yourself because for some of us, you do it all the time, everywhere, in kind of every encounter. And then for others, you may notice that it really gets turned up or heightened in certain circumstances. So at work, you might feel comfortable kind of being more laid back. But then uh, in social situations with peers, or you might notice when you're around family that you feel this need to uh, take up a lot of space to kind of uh, either entertain or to impress. Um, and that can be very draining, not only for the performer, but also it can be draining for the people who are having to sit through and watch this performance that often leaves little space for their lives, for their feelings, for their thoughts, right? So I encourage you as one strategy after we talked about self-reflection and self-awareness is to think about uh, creative expression, but creative expression that is just for you, right? That um, often when we are engaged in unhealthy attention seeking, there is something we want to convey or to communicate, but it can become heightened or dramatized because we're wanting to get a response from people and it can be a healthy outlet to learn how to express uh, your feelings, your thoughts, your stories uh, through your creativity. So I want to invite you to take up uh, a craft. So expressing yourself uh, in spoken word, expressing yourself in music, uh, in dance, 
in collage making, in painting, uh, that as you begin to create, there can be a release of some of the anxiety or tension that is built as a result of the feeling that I am unheard, right? And a part of the therapeutic arts is that it is not just for performance. So for this to be effective, uh, it does not require you sharing it with an audience. It is for the internal experience of getting to release uh, the emotions, the feelings, the perceptions that you have been holding as a result of your various life experiences. So then you are not just perpetually needing an audience in order to reflect on your own life experience. And that will take away some of the urgency that we sometimes feel if the only time I am getting to reflect and express myself is in an audience, then uh, that can get very intense and heightened. So I want you to think about what art form you may like to engage in. And it's not that you uh, will never share it, but it's not solely for the purpose of sharing it. It really is for you to be able to express what you feel and what you think. I'm also uh, going to encourage you to think about and to shift uh, some of your languaging, uh, the ways in which you frame things, whether in person um, or on social media, that uh, as opposed to the goal being, when I speak, I want everyone to agree with me, or when I post, I just need everyone to like it, to try to uh, release the pressure or performance motivation and to consider what it means to simply share for the uh, point of connection, right? And so uh, you are already enough. You are already enough. And I know that is easier said than done, but, or said, it's easier to say it than to believe it. But I invite you to start thinking as you are speaking about what is uh, the purpose in my sharing. And as I share, if I remind myself that I am enough, that I am deserving, uh, that I am safe, if I can remind myself that, in what ways will it shift the conversation, right? And so I take breath, I remind myself of my worth, of my value, of my enoughness, and then I share uh, with an intention of uh, openness and with that openness, knowing that people may respond in a number of ways. And I don't just need one single response in order to validate my existence. Yes. So as we think about not only uh, shifting our conversation or our approach to social media, another way to help when you have these unhealthy patterns 
of attention seeking is to become more intentional about checking in with others, right? Sometimes when we are in that unhealthy pattern, uh, we are dominating the conversation. So you may be doing uh, all of the talking and you never ask other people how they are or how is their day or how is their life. Or if every time someone brings up a topic, you jump in and say, oh, yeah, that reminds me of something that happened with me. And you can never just kind of land and sit with the light on someone else. So you want to, um, I invite you to become really mindful of perspective taking, of wondering within yourself, you know, what might this exchange be like for the other person? for me to pay attention to their body language and cues, because when I'm in that unhealthy attention-seeking mode, then I can go on and on and not notice that perhaps the other person is overwhelmed or the other person is tired or the other person may have something they want to share too, right? And so shifting my gaze so my gaze is not constantly inward, um, but that I can actually start to notice uh, the needs of other people. Not that I will go into perpetual people pleasing, but it's about mutuality, reciprocity, uh, connection. Because when it's going to be authentic connection, I care about them as they also uh, care about me. Yes? And so uh, perspective taking being uh, thoughtful, you know, a thoughtful person is not constantly attention seeking. A thoughtful person is willing to share, but is also willing to hear and receive and support and encourage. Yes. Now, in order to really uh, move forward past this uh, unhealthy attention seeking, it also requires that we give ourselves grace, compassion, and forgiveness for knowing that behaviors and patterns of my past do not have to be my identity, right? Some of us surrender in these patterns and we just say, well, there's nothing I can do about it because that's just me. I just like to talk. <laughs> so as soon as I um, resign myself to this is the kind of person I am, then there is no room for growth. There is no room for transformation. There is no room for homecoming. But um, instead, I recognize, oh, you know, there are some moments in my life where I did some things, you know, I'm not proud of because I wanted uh, the attention. I wanted to be chosen. I may have even deeper than that desired to be loved. Right, desire to be respected, even desire just to be attended to, to be seen, to be heard. And so I can look at that moment in my life. And if I expand uh, my vision and look at what else was going on in my life and what happened in my life before that moment, then my actions in that moment will make more sense to me. And I can give myself a lot of love and a lot of grace and say, whoo. Yeah, that you were doing the most. You were doing the most during that season. And I'm so glad that I know now I don't have to do all of that, right? That 
I can shift into uh, my homecoming. And also what that means is when I see other people doing it, um, I don't have to be so harsh in my response, but I have an understanding, you know, from my lived experience of what it's like to be in that place and, and be so desiring um, of acceptance and belonging. So I invite you to consider the ways in which you can forgive yourself and then also to become really intentional about being real, right? That I want to be true. I want to be authentic. I want to be real. And that's what homecoming is, right? Coming home to your authentic self. And so when I am engaged in being truthful, honest, real, authentic, it will often decrease my engagement in the unhealthy attention seeking, because usually that those behaviors, those actions, those words um, are not coming from a place of what I really feel or what I really want. Instead, it is often what I think I have to do or say to get other people to laugh, to get other people to want me, to get other people uh, to pay attention to me. So when I remove uh, the goal, when I shift the goal, the goal is not how funny or dramatic or sexy or spiritual I have to be in this moment to get their approval. But instead, when the goal becomes, I want to be honest in this moment, I want to be truth in this moment, I want to uh, be authentic in this moment. And that will invite me to take sacred pause uh, to check in with my own spirit, check in with my heart, my mind, my body, to say, what do I feel in this moment? What do I know for sure in this moment? What do I feel in this moment? And uh, then give myself space to show up in truth, right? To show up in authenticity. And that will automatically decrease a lot of those behaviors that are coming out of performance mode, right? And what it also requires is for me to be present in the here and now so that I am not operating off of old scripts, right? Some of us, if, you know, when we're not dealing with the pandemic, if you're out in a dating arena or some people are out there even now, um, that if you have a lot of experience with um, other people being chosen and you feeling like you had to do the most to get minimal attention, sometimes as soon as you get in those settings, you can fall into those old scripts, right? Based on what happened in middle school or high school or college or in your early 20s, you know, you created this script of this is what is required for anyone to pay attention to me. And so then without even thinking, you start doing that. Right. Or some of you in the workplace um, have that same feeling of this is what I have to do uh, to be attended to. And so I want to step out of my old script because my old script isn't serving me. And the truth is my old script didn't even serve me in the past. And so I allow myself to experience this moment fresh and new. I allow myself to experience this moment as the new moment. And so uh, some of us go into old patterns when we're around family. 
you know, your family has decided who you are. They decided who you are when you were eight years old, or when you were a baby, when you were 12. And then when you go around them, sometimes you will pick up those old scripts of what you have to do to get their validation. And so I invite you in this season of homecoming to rip up the old script and decide to show up new. They'll adjust. <laughs> they will adjust to the new you. They, they'll be confused by it. They might be bothered by it, but eventually they'll, they'll, they will have to adjust that um, I ha may have the same face. I have the same name. But it's a new attitude. It's a new me. I'm not I'm not doing that anymore, especially those of you who have perpetually had to be uh, the entertainer uh, or the performer or uh, the um, organizer or to tell people um, all these fantastic tales. And the truth is, in this season of the pandemic, you're tired. Right. You don't feel like performing. You just want to be present. And so um, we give ourselves permission to shift into the present moment and not be boxed in by the scripts of the past. Then I want to say, in order to uh, shift out of the unhealthy attention-seeking, it can help you to uh, cultivate solitude, to get enjoyment out of spending time with you. Right. It's hard to turn my gaze inward if I'm perpetually having to be around other people. Right. But when I don't uh, have to constantly have an audience and I learn to have peace within myself, then that can help me uh, to settle my spirit. And once I'm settled in my spirit, I can carry that same peace in my interactions with others. Then I won't be also hungry or needing uh, constant gaze and constant ears. Uh, so gaze, G-A-Z-E, not needing people to constantly look at you or listen to you, but that I um, am tuned in to my own heartbeat, right? I'm tuned into my own song and uh, not in a place of being selfish or self-absorbed, but clarity. Clarity can come in solitude because I want to know myself, right? Then the last thing I want to mention is it can be helpful to uh, really have healthy relationships where you are open to feedback because some of us have been engaging in some unhealthy patterns and we're not aware of it and your friends have not said anything um, perhaps because they think you're uh, too fragile, that you can't hear it or receive it. Or some of you don't come off as fragile, but very aggressive. So then no one can tell you anything. And so um, when I have a good circle of friends, um, then I can check in with them to see, you know, what kind of friend am I being? You know, what kind of partner am I being? Uh, in this family, what kind of aunt or sister have I been? And is there another way um, that I can show up for them, right? And, and being open uh, to the feedback, right? So that we can shift, so that we can grow, and so we can heal. I do want to name that for some people, uh, these patterns are rooted in uh, deep trauma, or these patterns have been 
uh, really lifelong and um, it can be challenging to shift out of. And so if you find yourself being aware that you want to shift, but it being really difficult for you, I encourage you to think about uh, therapy so that you can work with a mental health professional um, and truly take on the ways in which you want to show up authentically and with freedom and not driven by anxiety or insecurity. This is a beautiful part of our homecoming when I am at home within myself and I am not uh, desperately thirsty, constantly needing to be the center of attention. When I'm at home within myself, I already know I'm enough. And from that place of clarity, I can have room for, create room for other people so that we can really have relationship, connection, and mutuality and have that inner peace instead of that constant drive of anxiety. I am really looking forward to what it will mean for each of us to lay down the performance and to pick up our authenticity. I invite your heart to tell your soul, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.